Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. Have you gotten to chapter 6 yet? <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. I cannot believe we are sitting here doing a best of season two. Do you believe this is episode 50? No. Do you believe the podcast is officially a year old? No. Do you believe any of the things we're about to talk about? I have <laughs> zero belief in any of it. We're just living in an alternate universe where nothing exists. <laughs> and we're doomed and everything sucks. Uh, it's wild to me that like when we started this, I was like, I don't want to do a podcast. What the fuck am I going to talk about? Like nobody wants to whatever. And you were like, no, we're and doing now, a podcast. And now we're like, what are we going to talk about next? Right. <laughs> Honestly, though, season three, like I was going back and looking at the episodes of season two to pick the the best of season two. And season three, just already what we've recorded, I feel like is like next level. And it looks so good. It does. I was very against adding more on to the work plate by doing a visual aspect and going on to YouTube, but I will admit when I am wrong and I was wrong and it looks fucking awesome. You guys, it's going to look so good. It is. Um so next season you can watch us on YouTube in studio. Yay! With our fun, funky neon sign. It's very funky, exciting. Funky, funky, funky town! <laughs> so let's jump uh, Let's jump right into it. All right, so this is the best of, and if you were just jumping on and did not hear last season's best of, we like to recount our favorite moments from the season and talk about it and maybe reveal some things behind the scenes that you didn't know before mostly because you guys get so frustrated when we take our our season breaks that like we don't want you come coming at us with pitchforks so we need to give you bonus content so here's that bonus content don't come at us with pitchforks please so number one counting it down is... we should start at number five. Oh. Well, I didn't do, yeah, but I didn't do these in order. I just did them in the, oh, the order. Uh, but we can order them right now. Like I No, can... that's taking too much time. Okay, okay, okay. the first one. <laughs> the first one up in the season, going in order of how they aired is what it is, um, was Toxic Masculinity. With Josh Wingate. And I think this one was really important because there's so much of this in our world. And I'm proud to say that we are opening up season three with one lots of, the, of men. What, yeah, there's yeah, we've recorded a lot of men in season three, but the those premiere episode of season three, it I'm really proud of. Um, and I think we continue in season three to build on 
really breaking down the stigma of toxic masculinity and like what society has made our men feel like they have to be, which is a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Oh, my favorite movie. <laughs> my favorite comedy of all time. Um, so here's a uh, so here's a snippet. Here we go. Here's a snippet. Oh, fuck. I'm so grateful. Like there's a song called God Bless, like the broken road. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of corny, cheesy country song, but it's fucking beautiful because it's like, <laughs> yeah, God bless the broken road because here I am now, I'll be 44 this week and I am, I'm a man who's like, I'm honest and I'm, I'm a man of integrity and I can like, I can look people in the eye and I can just be myself mm-hmm. and I can process what I'm feeling and I'm so fuck. I'm crying because I'm so proud of myself because of how far I've come. Yeah. You know, and, and it, 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 it ails me so much to know that I've hurt people along the way. And, you know, it, it hurts me because I've never, we've never had closure, my, me and my ex, and I really wish we could. I've reached out before, and but maybe sometimes she'll be ready. But and maybe if ever she watches this and she sees it <laughs> and she wants to have closure, because I really like, you know, I want to, you know, I just want to take accountability for the pain that I've caused, and just let it be known, like the pain wasn't your fault. It wasn't like anybody else's fault, but it wasn't like it was just something I never dealt with, and like, yeah. um. I didn't know how to. So if there could be any type of compassion in that, you know, if we're dealing with people who are, especially young men who are like exhibiting the behaviors that are angry and lashing out, just know that they're fucking hurting so bad. And we're back. It was really interesting to me when Josh came to record this because he was really fucking nervous. Like he came and was like, I almost turned around in the car. I didn't want to be here I was like fuck what did I get myself into like this is not a good idea um and it was really I was really impressed with how he fought through that fear and he was nerve like sweating nervous yeah no like he was full-on nervous I was I was confused well because he's an actor so you're like you're used to being in the public eye. yeah that's why I was confused (laughs) because he's never talked about this part of his life publicly before so this was like a it was like a is my ex-wife going to hear this is this going to open up a can of worms you know like is this going to affect my current relationship that i'm in there was a lot of you know not everybody is like me and just goes on and spews about their entire life for everybody to judge so i think it was a big deal for him to to open up like that but once he pushed through it and we did the interview he called me or for yeah he called me from the car once he left and he was like I can't thank you enough I feel like I've just like gotten through a huge roadblock in my life and like by talking about it and speaking out about it feel like I've healed a bunch of shit that's good yeah and I think the more and more we allow men to have the space to do that the more other men will hear it and be like oh it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about my shit and not be this, you know, brick wall the whole time. Yeah, I'd like to believe that that's how it works, but I feel like there's still some going to be dudes out there that's like, he's a pussy. Fuck well, that of course guy. There's gonna be dudes out there. Dude, the fucking comments on the viral video that we have on, on the FML Talk page right now of the discussion about, like, hey, I'm really tired. 
do you think we could just like not have sex tonight? And then he responds, let's just take sex off the table for this week. And then like there's the realization that there was like a huge trauma there from like manipulation and sex with my ex-husband. The men in that comment section are fucking horrendous. I haven't been reading. What are they saying? Yeah, because I've just been going through it. Like I used to fucking like give a shit and clap back and like fucking, you know, be sassy. Now I just fucking block and delete people. Like I no longer give a shit. I'm like, oh, and there you go into the ethers of the fucking internet. Um, Just like gross, disgusting shit. Like he's fucking someone else. Like maybe you should learn how to suck dick better. Like, you know, the whole point of marrying a woman is so that you can fucking get off every night. Like, it's but just But you know what? Gross. That's I feel like that's society's fault for not allowing, for like painting a picture of what masculine and feminine is throughout whatever, a hundred years or more. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And then it, it escalating because as society changes and freedoms become a little, like people become a little more like... You know, it used to be taboo to say the word bitch, but now like everybody's saying like, what's up? Like as society becomes more like, like laid back in that sense, people just become shittier because they think that they're allowed to say things because that's how society's teaching them. Yeah. And the, the toxicity of the internet in general, that people feel like they could just say whatever the fuck they want behind a keyboard. Like I bet if you blind all of those and I'm saying men because it is men. Like, there aren't women in that comment section that are popping off saying, like, gross shit. Um, if you lined all those men up in front of an audience full of people, I guarantee you the majority of them would not say that shit in yeah. front of other people when well, they can see, like, when their face can be seen. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Toxic masculinity is a... Co- I can't even say it. Masculinity is a collective. Right. Which means that the solution is also a collective. It can't just be one person at a time no, of course but i think the more that you people that have platforms allow that platform to be opened up to bringing on men that define themselves differently and showcase themselves differently and live their lives differently that's like a small step in the right direction because then other people can look at those men and be like oh shit maybe i should be behaving like that because he seems to be doing pretty fucking great so let's give Josh a round of applause for that round one. Round of applause for uh, Mr. Paving Wingate. the way on FML Talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. All what's right. number two? Numero dos. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. 
Head to factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. This one is, <laughs> we're really going to dive into, um, it was the episode Fuck Temptation with Casey Campbell. Which we filmed on the same day as Toxic Masculinity. This is true. Back to back. Um, Casey was on Temptation Island. As we all know, her boyfriend, who I think we ended up calling Ethan, um, is BFF butt buddies with my ex-husband Daniel. And if you were listening along, you know that also the part two or the part one version of that episode is on Patreon. Yeah, on the bonus content, you can hear Morgan's episode, which was the woman that Ethan left Casey for on national television, um, that she came to record with me and then freaked out at the last moment and asked me not to air. So I have since gotten permission to post that but it's only on the patreon subscription i think for me i guess from the inside of it seeing just the difference of energy and personality of those two women Mm -hmm. told me everything i needed to know Mm -hmm. and It's interesting because in my episode that we record for season three, I say that toxic breeds toxic. And the first interview that we had Morgan on, it felt, and I told you this after the, after the fact, I was like, that's not, this is not a good situation here. Like, this is not going to bode well. Yeah. Well, she came on to talk shit. Yeah. And not to show. I was how trying she to say that while it. being diplomatic, but you, <laughs> fuck well, that. Yeah, okay, out the window. Talk. When are we I was just like, I was just like, I don't trust this person. And it wasn't because I knew her, knew about her, knew anything. It wasn't because I had listened to her interview. It was because there was just stuff about her in the way that she was speaking the story that didn't add up to me. And I was like, something's off. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Yeah, there the way that that situation in itself unfolded was just all sorts of weird and shady to me. Um, And then Casey came on and you could really see her transformative journey um, physically. Like you can look at pictures of her and you're like, oh, my God, this is a different person now. And like just the way she carries herself and her confidence as a woman. Uh, So let's listen to a snippet of Casey's episode. Fuck temptation. Oh, God. So, yeah, he said he spent, like, I don't know, like, 50 grand on your honeymoon. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Mind you, okay, I don't know if it was exactly 50 grand. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he he said it was an an astronomical amount of money. Okay. So, first of all, (laughs) we stayed at the Four Seasons, or not, sorry, not the Four Seasons, St. Regis in Bora Bora. Yep. An incredible hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom had met someone at an event 
and she was a fan of hers and she had mentioned that we were wanting to go to Bora Bora for our honeymoon and the woman was like oh my god I'm a rep there let me get you guys a deal tell your daughter to call me and I'm I'm thinking like oh my god okay a deal at you know St. Regis like we're still not gonna be able to afford that I call her and she's like well we have the overwater huts that you know I know you want to stay in they're normally they start at 1500 a night I can give you guys two nights for free 500 a night after that I was like great we'll be there for a week yeah thank you you're like a hundred percent first of all (gasps) and okay we the way we did our wedding registry was that we registered for experiences at the resort yeah so like people were buying like snorkeling and people were buying dinner at this place he i mean yeah we both spent money in the honeymoon but like did he spend an astronomical amount he said it was all him 100 percent no he said like you were making him go broke i cannot so besides the fact that this episode alone had so much fucking tea in it like my jaw was on the floor jackie's jaw was on the floor um we were just sitting there going is this real life (laughs) like what what who in their right mind would say these things to a certain group of people friends whatever about the person they're about to marry and then go marry them like why show up dude like it was literally like you were creating two different people um here's my question though is that if that is true and he does see this the world that way like what else does he think is actually true oh my god i can't even like i can't put myself like usually i try to put myself in the other person's shoes but when the realities are just so opposite i'm like how does this person live life yeah there's a tiktok trend right now going around that's like um they'll they'll say a story and they're like that's an interesting version of what happened like yeah but it's not just like like okay let's say we go and we like you know something happens in front of us you have a certain recall and i have a certain recall about it but usually it's around the same kind of thing it's never like it's never like oh this you know this car crash happened in front of me and then i was like and then a dragon came and (laughs) like it's never that you know (laughs) So, like, that's why I'm like, I can't even put myself in this person's shoes because I just, I don't know what that's like. Yeah, like, how how can you get to that outcome? So, when we went on that night to do happy hour, um, there's basically, there's, you know, a, a website called Reddit where people go on and they will you know do forums and like there's threads and Temptation Island is very big on Reddit. So, Casey sends me a link on Reddit and it's basically all these Temptation Island fans being like, oh my God, did you hear they're going to go live on her on her podcast tonight? Casey's going to continue talking. Like, did you guys listen to the episode? And then they start talking about the guys and they're like, Ethan and Daniel are so fucking weird. Did you see the shit that they were posting on their Instagram? It's so pathetic. It's so sad. This is all on Reddit. Like, this is not my words. Go, go, go ahead and look it up if you, if you so choose. Um, and then I start getting DMs from my FMLers while I'm on the live. So I obviously don't see it because I'm talking to her on the live. And we get off and I start going through these DMs and they're screenshots of shit that Daniel and Ethan were posting on their stories. And it's like so fucking sad. It's like it was like a picture of them like doing a bro hug like slapping hands and doing a bro hug in front of like some mansion style house 
And the text over this photo literally read, they're talking and complaining to no one while they're ugly and broke and were living in mansions. And I was like, (laughs) what, dude? I mean, okay, so like, first of all, you will also read on Reddit that the house that I, I guess they are currently in is an Airbnb, like they're renting it. I own my house, so I don't see how that correlates. Um, If you want to call me ugly, that's totally fine. You were the one that was with me for five years and chose to marry me, but like that's neither here nor there. I fucking am quite happy with my inside and outside. (laughs) Um, And like we're we're clearly talking to people that are, are listening and tuning into the podcast every week, which you guys are too. I mean, I'd rather be angry Dude. and ugly than fake and like, like unrealistic, sociopathic, sociopathic atrocious, crazy, psychotic. I, I mean, I'd I mean, rather what? I'd rather be angry and broke. Right, right. <laughs> um, it just was like so sad to like. I mean, it was it it was comedic, like it was comedy, but it was also sad. I was just sitting there going, "This is what this person values in life," and you know. You can be pissed off that I went on and like made something of myself and had a fucking career, but like you can't argue the fact that I have like really done something and am helping a lot of people. You cannot say the same for yourself. You can say that you went off and got rich. Sure. Kudos. Congratulations. Um, I hope that's super fulfilling for you. Yeah. Anyway. It was shocking. The whole thing to me was shocking. And hysterical. Yeah. And that was the episode where a lot of people did some detective work and put together who Daniel is. Still have not confirmed or denied any of it. People DM me all the time and I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't matter. You don't want to know. Fuck that guy. (laughs) And Uh. moving on out of Daniel (laughs) land. (laughs) Number three is a solo episode. We included a solo episode this time. Wow. I thought there were a lot of good solo episodes this season. We had Fuck Forgiveness, um, Fucking Mental Health, and this one that we are going to revisit in the best of is Fuck Toxic Love. Ooh. Yeah. I had a, This one was highly requested because so many people, I feel like, get trapped in that narcissistic cycle and can't figure out how to, A, identify it, with those like heavy fucking love goggles on and be then like pull themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what we dove into. Let's take a listen to toxic love. I've always said that exes have this like internal alarm clock and it goes off one of two times. One is when everything is fucking going absolutely smoothly in your life and you're like, you know, shitting out rainbows and hopping along and just living your merry self and ding 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 they're like everything must be going great in Gabrielle's life I should fucking text her that's the first one or when you're super fucking vulnerable and will just blindly look past every red flag and wrongdoing that they've done in the past the worst two fucking times that an ex could ever reach out um and breadcrumbing became something that Javier was very good at that you will be reading about in book two. And looking back on it in some of these edits, um, 
it's just it's been really wild we're back i got a lot of messages about this episode uh i think people were really able to relate to feeling like they were in that trapped world um that so many of us have been in you've been in stuff where you've had those love goggles on haven't you here's my question and this is the answer to your question (laughs) with a question is it love if it's toxic well that's the point I think I we go into it in this episode and you know I definitely write about it in the ridiculous misadventures is that your definition of love can become toxic like with Javier my definition of love had become toxic so I was now searching for and identifying specific feelings with love that should not have been something that I was searching for like you have tinted glasses well, yeah, I wouldn't even say tinted. I would say like neon fucking pink, like but see, clouded. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing. Like since it happened, it's happened to me now, not like recognizing the truth of what love actually is. Love actually, love that movie. <laughs> um, I think about it like, was it actually me defining love as toxic or was it just a delusion? Like the dragon coming down from the sky during the car accident. Right. You know, like, I don't know that love can be toxic. Well, I think it's not that it's love and it's toxic. It's that you are trapped in something that has become toxic and you are thinking that it's love. So you are tying Mm, the idea of love. Like the devil. To to these toxic (laughs) elements. The devil is misleading you yeah like for me the prime example was with Javier it was like well if I'm not feeling that like intense pull and that like I can't breathe type of passion because it was so all-encompassing and so like love bombed and fast if I'm not feeling that that's not love so then I started dating Tay and I was like well I don't feel that like that toxic yeah but then so how to get out of it to answer your question was then you got to get to a point where you start to relate that feeling of like all encompassing and like makes you feel a certain way with other things that do that like what else is like intense all encompassing like Mm -hmm. suffocation (laughs) like (laughs) like um being trapped um death um like really bad things right right tied to those words so like not sunshine not rainbows yeah not valentine's day (laughs) all of that is like free and open and butterflies flying through the sky like i think once you start to put relate how you're describing your definition of it with the other things that you would describe with those same words then your mind starts to get less cloudy and you start questioning wait is this love Yeah. And if it's not, then maybe I don't know what love is and maybe I need to go find out. Yeah. And I think it's not always about necessarily like going to find out. And sometimes it's more about like letting yourself fall and experience it when you don't think it's necessarily what we've been shown or taught as to be love. Yeah, but you can fall and experience something 20 million times and still never learn the lesson. This is true. But that's your job and responsibility to look at your shit and be like okay this keeps fucking happening like what am i trying what am i not learning from this situation right 
And I think, too, so many of us grow up with different versions of what love is, and that's not always healthy. So it's really important to look at our backgrounds and what how love was modeled to us as kids growing up in our household and what identifiers we picked up from those different situations and how we as adults now are defining love and making sure that we're in line with that because the way that we define it is the way that we attract it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm always, I always check myself. I'm like, is this my instinct or is this not my instinct? Usually my instinct leaves me, leaves when it comes to love at least because I was modeled love poorly. My instinct for love is toxic. So I say, is this my instinct? Yes. Step the fuck away from it. Because <laughs> it's hard to get rid of that, if, especially if you grew up like learning love one way and then as an adult, you're like, I don't understand why I keep failing at this. Right. It's hard to like understand that it, it was put upon you. Yeah. So after a while of me saying, oh, no, can't do that. I started to realize, oh, this other thing is the actual real thing. And then my instinct changes. Mm-hmm. My instinct was like, this is love. That is not love. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's re- redefining what, how our brains have been programmed from past experiences. Yep. All right. Next one. Moving uh, on. Um, this next one knocked me on my ass. Um, and it was fuck boundaries. It made me realize that I am apparently a high-functioning codependent and I absolutely fell in love with Terry Cole. I went on and did an episode of her podcast um, after because we got along so well and I just think, first of all, there's something about her voice that is so fucking soothing. Like, I I could listen to her talk all day, Um, but she's very, very knowledgeable. She's, she just blew me away. Um, So let's uh, take a listen. Emotional boundaries are, I'd say for women in particular, probably, I just led a weekend retreat at Omega and I, in, in uh, Rhinebeck, New York, and 97% of the participants, and it was all women because it was specifically for women, said that emotional boundaries were the ones they, that was, they were the most challenging for them. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, if that is the case, that's, and, and for me too in my life. So what does that mean? Emotional boundaries means that you know what is on your side of the street and what is on someone else's side of the street. You, you know that you're, what your emotions are, but that you're not responsible for the emotions of other people. So when we have disordered emotional boundaries, that can come in the form of codependency, where when something is happening to someone you love, it feels like it's happening to you, mm-hmm. you being an auto advice giver you being trying to fix everything for other people and thinking that you know what they should do, always, you know, telling people, always attracting people like the broken winged bird syndrome, you know, they need help, you (laughs) help them and then they fly away once their wing is mended like that. So I know a lot of people when we got on the live with Terry, were asking different questions about their own personal boundaries and, you know, realizing that they don't have enough boundaries. Um, do you have problems setting and upholding boundaries? I think I have the opposite problem that you have. In what way? Um, I use, I guess, I guess it depends on the boundary, but for the most part, I don't have problems like drawing the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's something that I had to pick up for survival tactics not necessarily because it's the healthy thing to do, 
but like I've just been through enough shit where I'm like this is the line and if somebody crosses it it's no chances it's like right that's my boundary um but I think I have the opposite problem as you in that like you were saying how you want to make sure that the person thinks and feels and accurately about you and like their situation and like you're always the first one to help and lend a hand and you make their problem their problem I don't think I have that problem I think I have a healthy boundary of saying you have a problem okay here's what we can do about it here's a solution here's a solution here's a solution and like talking with friends and helping them but I as soon as like they're done I don't carry it with me right and the same is true for other boundaries that I have, like, in my relationships, with friendships. I'm like, this is not okay. And I'm telling you this is not okay up front because it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. And we either work through it or it's cut off because I don't, you No, know. I think I think I'm like that in the sense of, like, my close relationships. Like, I'm actually quite ruthless. Like, when people, like, I'm pretty fucking chill and open to most things. But when people cross the fucking line with me, it's like, we're done. Um, my boundary issues is more like people that aren't as close to me because the people I keep close to me are very respectful of my boundaries. So my, my issue is setting boundaries with people that I don't know as well and saying yes when I don't necessarily want to, um, and trying to like fit too much in and like people pleasing in that sense. Yeah. Function, high functioning codependent. Like literally when she said that on the podcast to me, I was like, oh my God, that's me. That's also my mother. Like, how have I not heard of this term before then? My boyfriend's like that, too. I called my mom the second I got off that call, and I was like, hi, we're high-functioning codependents. What would you like to do about it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> and then funny. I explained her, like, all of the things that in that entails, and she's like, oh, sure the fuck we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I really loved having Terry on, and I've dove into a lot of her content, and She's just very, very knowledgeable. So I encourage people to um, go follow her online and check out the other stuff that she has to offer. I took her quiz on her website that like shows you like what, where your boundaries sit. I'm uh, planning on getting her book, Boundary Boss. Like she's just, she's a badass. I dig Look at that. Everybody learns on FML Talk. I dig her. Um, Okay. So this last one created quite a fucking splash. Um... I when she first was pitched to me as a guest, I was like, oh, I don't know, um, not because of the sex aspect, but because like cannabis was so highly pitched with her. Um, and I was like, OK, like, let's do it. Um, I'd like to do an episode, you know, with a sex therapist, like and like really dig into the sex aspect. And this episode was a fucking hit and happy hour was an even bigger hit. So let's take a look. Sex positivity is about just acknowledging that all the experiences of humans and how we express our pleasure are valid. And there is no right way to have sex. There's no wrong way to have sex. There's no, you know, a lot of the shame and guilt that comes with it, where sex positive is about um, looking at the rights of sex workers, for example, and making sure that sex work actually is legal. Uh, Talking Mm. to women about contraception and barrier methods. Talking to men about contraception and barrier methods. Talking to people about their sexual autonomy, about their sexual identities and genders and the fluidity of all of that. That's essentially what sex positive in a nutshell is. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. For that. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so the 1 million orgasm movement is about that. I really just kind of wanted to bring awareness uh, through a global pandemic uh, <laughs> that, that we can do more to connect. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, first of all, the self-love Facebook group was popping off about different fucking things in this they were like wait I part of my self-love cocktail is my vibrator every morning like what (laughs) (laughs) um and it was very well received she's just she was so much fun Carlin Costa was so much fun to have on um and so empowered in her sexuality like she's very you know just like embodies this goddess energy of like I don't give a fuck this is you know I'm just as deserving as any other person to you know have my shit rocked (laughs) you know it's funny I was telling John about happy hour and he goes oh yeah she said that in the episode I was like you listened to the episode oh my god he's like yeah I listened to the whole thing I was like why that one I was like, you don't listen to them all, do you? He's like, oh, no, I don't listen to them all. I was like, so why did you? Oh, my God, that's so funny. He said, I liked the title. Oh, my God, I love it. I literally got off the podcast with her and, like, walked out of my office and was like, Tay! And he was like, what? I was like, I need you to order some cannabis lube. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, But there was a lot of things that I, that were news to me in that episode, like, the cannabis lube and that you know any form of thc can like enhance um your orgasms and that the fucking alphabet trick that people talked about in middle school learning how to kiss is an actual thing it, but okay i dispute okay i had john try it disputed oh. well but did he do it you're not supposed to just like go through the whole alphabet no you're and supposed you're supposed to, to stop, stop at a letter, letter. dispute oh, okay. i dispute all the things okay I was like, I kind of like this letter, this letter, this letter. Well, does it spell a word? No. <laughs> I, I just was like trying to like decide which letter is the best one. And I was like, these three letters work. And so then he would just do the one letter at a time. And then I was like, no, it doesn't work anymore. Move on. <laughs> Change the letter. And so it didn't work for me. Well, you know, to each their own. Um, and it really, when she came on happy hour, dude, People were fucking like hooting and hollering in the comments. Like it was wild. Everyone was like, oh my God, this is the best happy hour I've ever been to. Like you have to bring her back on. She's fucking fantastic. Like it was, it was a whole thing. She was great. Great. Highly, highly rated the sex episode. Love it. Uh, so let's talk about season three before we say bye bye. Season three. Season three is coming November the seventeenth. Oh my goodness, that's three days before my birthday, everybody. It will be on all of your favorite podcast stations. It will also be on YouTube, and it will also be on Bespoke TV, which you can get through your Roku, your Apple TV, your your direct tv if you want to watch us on the telly all your things if you want to watch it on actual television um but it'll be cool to have a visual representation of everything you'll be able to watch the interviews live some of our can we talk about some of our guests we have coming up we can talk about all the guests we have coming okay well everybody knows that trevor hall came on 
because you blabbed. Yeah, I couldn't help it. I was like in tears. <laughs> you after. always blab. I was in tears after that episode. I think my favorite catchphrase of yours is, mm, "I wasn't gonna tell you, but I'm gonna tell you." <laughs> it's here true. we go. It's true. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, we have two awesome other males that come on in the first um, first few episodes of well, not the first few episodes, but episode one, Christopher McNeely absolutely unbelievable episode and oh god I just there's nothing I want to like plug it's just gonna be so good I'm just gonna leave you guys hanging with that we also have an ex-playboy bunny on yes Jessica Hall is coming on Lauren Denham is returning which you still never told me that story because I couldn't hear the interview I it know was in your headphones so I only heard your side of it and I want to know what happened no you're gonna have to wait until you hear the episode it's fucking epic dude um so Lauren came on and did an episode with me in season one where she talked about um her marriage and the fact that she was the one that cheated in the relationship and how she grew from all of that uh and she comes back on to drop some fucking bombs um this i my jaw was on the floor i was like yelling during the episode um it was really fucking wild and she is also liz in the ridiculous misadventures so you you've read about her and i in asia michael and i michael is our network producer I think that was the most, the funniest exchange because we were sitting next to mm-hmm. each other. He was like manning the microphones and I was sitting next to him just listening to Gabrielle scream, <laughs> not knowing why because we couldn't hear Lauren's side of the interview. And we were just making like faces like, hmm? yeah. hmm? oh my God. Like, but it was all silent because we can't talk. <laughs> so it was just like the funniest it was exchange. Epic. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, And we are still in book club right now on the patreon if you guys aren't in that right now you can jump in at any time and they are all available on playback but what we're going to be doing when we finish book club because everyone has come to love this hour on tuesdays so much is it's going to become a self-love cocktail hour so it's going to be kind of like a little meetup therapy um hangout sesh uh in the self-love group so if you guys are not hanging with us on the self-love Facebook group and doing all that, you really, I highly urge you to because there's a lot of like friendships being made, healing going on, and it's just fucking really awesome to watch and be a part of. And that's patreon.com slash FML talk. We've also got some behind the scenes videos happening on YouTube coming out. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. So if you're not subscribed to YouTube, now would be the time to do it because when shit starts, it's going to just keep going. Yeah. And I'm not even sure when this airs, but... This airs next week. Okay. So keep your eye out on the Instagram pages because there are two new merch items coming uh, clothing-wise. And then there's some really fucking rad merch stuff coming that is not clothing. And we are still doing 25% off the select styles. It's the biggest discount we've ever done. So I think a lot of stuff we're getting rid of. So check the website and get your orders in before the discount goes away. Yeah. And then the new stuff will hit probably probably like December 1st. Um, and there's also a self-love journal that I have been working on that will be dropping with the new merch. Um, all kinds of new shit, you guys. All the Basically, things, guys. if you're not here, what are you doing? 
And on that note, we love you so much. Love you. There will be another uh, little fun bonus episode next week. And uh, can't wait to see you in season three. Bye. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.